0: Hello everybody, I am Jason Trader, I am the Prince of Wessex, and this is The Art of Being the Podcast, and today we're going to talk a little bit about Paul and the Word of God. So I want to talk a little bit about this um, pedestal that we like to place Paul on. And I think that the church in general has gone overboard with how we view Paul, how we view his writings, and it has affected how we use and and how we view the Word of God. You see, you gotta look at scripture from a scriptural point of view, right? Everyone would agree that the Bible has to interpret the Bible. We all think that, you can't just add your own interpretations, that you have to take historical cues, you have to take cues from who the people uh, were talking to, who the people are, what was meant, what was happening at the time, and all these things bring together how we uh, attempt to interpret the Word of God, how we attempt to interpret the Bible, And people have been over the centuries using Paul's letter and this this is found in Peter I'm not just coming up with this on my own as I did a video on it uh, that I posted on YouTube earlier as a matter of fact but but people have been using Paul's words to twist the Word of God that's what that's what they've been doing and Peter tells us it's, it's in his letters you can see it he says Paul is hard to understand and he's speaking against false teachers who are trying to twist his words and trying to twist the word of God, and he was fighting against that. And I don't want anyone to get me wrong about what I'm about to say, so I'm going to start with the disclaimer. The disclaimer is I, I dig Paul. I'm not one of those dudes that's like, Paul's the false teacher, because I know some people believe that none of his letters belong in the Bible and that uh, that he's, he's teaching falsely. And I believe that the reason they think he's teaching falsely is because the modern church falsely teaches about him. I think when you truly view Paul, that was a Zeet Zeet wearing Torah following dude. When you really look at what he did, I mean, he took a Nazarite vow to prove to the people in the Book of Acts that when they said you preach against the law, he took a Nazarite vow to prove that he that he doesn't. He tells people to uh, continue to keep the feasts. That's in that's in 1 Corinthians. You know, and he also tells people uh, in Acts, you can see him tell people to, to continue to, to preach in the synagogues and to continue to show up to the Sabbath services. He encourages that. And he, he, he even says, follow our example. What does he do? Well, he shows up on the Sabbath. He shows up on the feasts. He purifies himself according to the Torah. And he said, follow my example. And he does all those things. So I think that Paul has been completely misunderstood, but we like to put him on a pedestal and we like to think of Paul as the Messiah. And you Christian right now believe that Paul is your Messiah and your teacher and you do not follow the teachings of Yahshua, Jesus Christ, as you like to call him, the Mashiach, you don't follow him correctly because you misinterpret Paul and turn him into your God. Let me explain. Because I bring up verses uh, like Matthew 5 and 17 um, all the time. And uh, actually kind of like 5, 17 through 19. It's kind of a go-to for messianics because it's it's Yeshua straight up saying, Hey guys, if you do and teach the Torah, then you'll be great. If you don't do and teach the Torah, then you'll be least. And I kind of bring that up as like, a, I call it a home run verse. It's just one of those that you just cannot debate. Like you, you can kind of twist a lot of other things in the Bible or, hey, I think that this means this. And I think that this means this. And we can kind of debate back and forth. But that's one of those verses you can't really debate. I mean, Yeshua is straight up saying, those who do and teach the law shall be great. So he's clearly distinguishing that people that follow Torah in his mind, in the minds of the, of the Mashiach, in the minds... Of your Savior coming King the people that he thinks are great when he comes to reign as King he thinks the people that do and keep the Torah and teach others to do and keep the Torah are the best that's what he thinks that is straight up what he's saying you can't you can't twist it any other way people like to twist verse 5 and 17 when it says fulfill but that's because they're looking at fulfill from an English perspective when you look at it from what that word fulfill means in the Greek it doesn't mean Uh, and and how that Greek word actually relates to the original Hebrew translation of the word. That's what we forget. We like to look at Greek and Latin and all these other weird things, and we forget that these were Hebrew dudes, right? But anyway, when you look at the original meaning of the word fulfill, it, it doesn't mean do away with. I've not come to abolish the law, but to abolish the law. I've not come to abolish the law, but to do away with the law. So people twist that one, but when you put it When you put their definition of fulfill in the sentence, the literally the sentence doesn't make sense. I've not come to do away with it, but I'm doing away with it. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So there's not a lot that you can argue very strongly, I should say, because people do argue, but very strongly you cannot really argue against that verse that our Messiah wants us to follow the Torah and teach others to do the Torah so that he can consider us great in his kingdom. But when I bring up this home run verse, this verse that clearly says what it says, everyone always says this one thing. Haven't you read the book of Galatians? Well, Paul said we're not under the law. Well, who's your Messiah? Who is your Messiah? Who is the root of everything? Right? Who's it? Who's the guy? The guy is the Messiah. So you can't take the Messiah's words and come up with a definition based off of what Paul said. It has to be the other way around. You have to take what the Messiah said first as your root, as your core, and then say, now let me help get an interpretation of what Paul is trying to say based off of what the Messiah said. But y'all do it the other way around because Paul is your God. Paul is the one that you lift up and you hold on the pedestal. Now the disclaimer is this, that Paul had some insight. Paul was given insight by God and Yeshua through dreams and visions and caught him up into heaven and all these things that that we know that he did. So Paul was given insight. It's basically like, now that Yeshua's come, how do we live our lives? How do we continue? What is what is the way forward? And Paul, Peter, all the disciples, really, I mean, even Thomas, but, you know, he drifts out of the Bible. A lot of the disciples, they, they drift out of the Bible. But when you look in history, they just went out and continued to preach. They continued to tell people that the Messiah has come. That's what they did. They just, they all did it. Uh, and history shows us that a lot of them even did it unto their death. So they were all given insight. But we only read the readings of Paul because that's what we were told is the, um, that's what, that, that this belongs in your Bible. That's what we were told. That people a thousand years ago said, hey guys, we're going to determine what's in the Bible and we're going to put these writings. And I'm appreciative that the writings of Paul have been put in the In the Bible, that the writings of Peter and John have all been added because all of these help give us insight as to how things were to go ahead now that the Messiah has come. But you're all twisting it to make it seem like what Paul was preaching was this new hotness that that we had to do, and he was the one given the new way. And if we don't read him, then we can't follow the new way. I thought the Messiah was the part of the, the new covenant, right? That's, that's who was establishing it. That's who was establishing the covenant was the Messiah, not Paul. Paul was just given the insight. So when I say the Messiah said this and you say, but Paul said, you're highlighting and lifting above the Messiah, the words of Paul. You're elevating that. And I'm not a Paul hater. I love Paul. He's been very helpful to me but he is a brother in christ who said his writings were supposed to be biblical who said his writings were the inspiration of god what bible verse says i'm gonna send you somebody with insight and i want you to take his writings (laughs) and make them part of your scripture who said that what bible verse is that as a matter of fact there isn't a bible verse we know that that everything that was going to happen and everything that is going to continue to happen, even past our present time, it's all written down. It's all recorded. But yet there's nothing recorded saying, I'm going to give you new books of the Bible. There's nothing recorded. And as a matter of fact, God tells us that prophets and people will come in Deuteronomy 13 and that we're supposed to test that. But you test it according to the word of God. And that brings me around to what I want to talk about again, uh, even further to highlight how y'all got it all twisted is what is the word of God? Well, if you look at it from a Hebrew perspective, the word of God strictly refers to the Torah. That's it. That's what it refers to. The first five books of the Bible, that's the word of God. As a matter of fact, the book of Deuteronomy, its Hebrew name is Devarim, which means the words. Why? Because these are the words that he spoke. God, as in he, these are the words that God spoke. That's why they're called the words. So when Yeshua says things like, your words I have given them, or my words I have given them, when he says that, when he's praying in the garden, he's talking about Deuteronomy. How do I know that there's a difference? How do I know he's not talking about the whole Bible? Because the whole Bible didn't exist. When Yeshua was preaching, There was no such thing as all these extra letters that we have added to our Bible. They didn't exist. So when he's referring to scriptures, he's referring to the Tanakh. That was his version of scriptures, which is the Torah and the prophets, and then some of the poetry and and the psalmists and stuff as well. That's That's what scripture was to him. And you can see that Yeshua in Matthew 5 and 17 that I referenced earlier, he says, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. See, he separates the two. There's a difference between the law, which is the Torah, and the prophets. Because the prophets is people that were given words from God, and then they spoke them, and then those words were recorded. The Torah was actually God giving words and writing them down on a tablet for Moses. That's, that's it. It came straight from the horse's mouth and was written down exactly as he said. Not through interpretation, not through dream, not through anything else. This was God Almighty saying, Here's some things that you need to be about and be specific about. I mean, everything, He gave it. So that's why the Torah is the Word of God. Every time people say, You got to do what the Word of God says and you got to follow the Word of God, this is your guide to life. But then they only read Paul's letters. When the actual word of God doesn't refer to Paul's letters at all. And a matter of fact, if you knew Paul and who he really was, he would have been ticked off. And I think he's going to be ticked off at the resurrection when people say, hey, we looked at your writings equal to the word of God. We followed your writings equal to the scriptures. He's going to freak out. He's going to rip his garment. He will not like that at all. Because Paul wanted you to focus on the Messiah. Paul wanted you to focus on being scriptural. Many, 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 many times Paul says, do not do anything unclean. Look it up for yourself. You have gotta read your Bible, people. I cannot read it for you. Look at all the times Paul says, don't be unclean. That we are only about cleanliness. That is a Torah reference. It's a reference to the word of God, which is the first five books of the Bible, which is distinguished different from the prophets and you'll say things like, just like Daniel said, or "or just like David said, because that came from that person. I mean, Yeshua straight up says, just like the prophet Daniel said, the abomination of desolation that was spoken of by Daniel, but he says, spoken of by Daniel. You see, he references it different than the word of God, because those are the words Daniel said. So anytime you see word of God in the Bible, you have to know that from the Hebrew perspective, that is the word of God. That's what it is, not Paul's writings. And I'm not saying you can't learn from them. And I'm not saying there's things we can't glean from them because that was our brother, Paul, who was given some insight, but he's not the word of God. You can't take Paul's writings and test the word of God with it. You can't take Paul's writings and say, now let's put that to the Old Testament and see how it works. Deuteronomy 13 tells us you put the other way around. You take the Torah and look at the people's writings and see if that fits. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do it the other way around. We'll look at all of Paul's writings and then compare that to Old Testament writings and compare that to the teachings of Yeshua and then say, okay, this is what he must have meant. But it's the other way around. You have to take the Torah, which is the word of God, which it said heaven and earth will pass away before that goes away. It's so important. It will last as long as the earth lasts. As long as our current universe lasts, the Torah will last forever. It will continue until time itself has been removed. That's how important the Torah is to Yahshua and to Elohim. That's how important it is. And every time the word of God is referenced, it's referencing the Torah saying that will never pass. It doesn't say the letters won't pass. It doesn't say the, come on guys. It doesn't say any of that other stuff that we like to, we like to say that, oh, it says the word of God won't pass. And then we grab the whole Bible and say that that's what it is. But that's not it. The word of God is the Torah. The prophets are the prophets. Right? That, that's what it is. Because that is God's actual, hey Moses, I'm standing in front of you and I'm writing this down and I want you to look over my shoulder while I write this down and take a look and see how this goes and see what I'm writing and do exactly what it says. That's why the Torah is the word of God, because it's specific to him. Yet we'll put Paul in as if he is the word of God. But what scripture, who's your reference Who's your reference? Who do you say? How do you know that Paul's writings are equal to the word of God? How do you know that Paul was the one with the insight? Now you're going to say, oh, well, he was caught up to heaven. Well, what does that mean? You know how many people were caught up into heaven? A lot of the prophets and stuff saw some pretty crazy things and were caught up to some pretty nutso areas. All that means is God was pleased with that person and said, yo, let me give you some special insight because you're working for me. That's all that that is. It's God's blessing upon him. He said, let me show you and give you some special insight. But that just makes him a prophet just like everyone else. He's just there to say, hey, look, here's what God said. But that's not equal to the word of God. And we're, we've got it twisted. We're flipping it back and forth. We're taking Paul's writings and comparing it to the rest of the Bible. Instead of taking the Torah, the word of God, which we're told is the root of everything, which will not pass away, and comparing that to, to what he said. Because when Paul told Timothy, all scripture is profitable for good works, he was not talking about a single one of his letters. He wasn't talking about any of Peter's letters, John's letters. He wasn't talking about the book of Revelation. When he told Timothy, all scripture is profitable, he was talking about the Old Testament. That's what he was talking about. Nothing else. From a Hebrew perspective, that's exactly what he was referencing. The Old Testament says, here's a couple holidays you're supposed to do. According to Paul, Then that means that those festivals that the Old Testament references, they're profitable for doctrine. That those festivals are profitable for doctrine. They teach us how to live our lives. They teach us how to guide. And I want you, Timothy, to remember what the scriptures say and know that that's how you should form your thinking. Off of the Old Testament. That's what he tells Timothy. To be careful and use the Old Testament as your guide for doctrine. He doesn't say use me as a guide for doctrine. He says use the scriptures as your guide for doctrine. Now, Paul says, follow me and stuff like that and and follow my example. And again, that's just Paul being a leader. That's that's what you're supposed to do as a leader. You're supposed to do the right thing so that your people can do the right thing underneath you. And he was definitely given some authority and some leadership over the people and given some insight to give us on the way forward. And I, I get that and I understand that. But when he tells Timothy to view the Scripture, he's saying even me, even what I say, you gotta base it off the Old Testament, not the other way around. Y'all too caught up in reading the New Testament. I, I mean, I saw this dude the other day. It was like I get all these uh, advertisements and stuff on my my social medias and stuff from uh, you know different Christian things because I'm always searching it. So so they think that I want to know everything about all you know, Catholics or Mormons or, you know, Protestants or whatever. And I just get all these weird adverts about boosting my church and all this stuff. And one of the ones I got the other day was like a New Testament scholar, take a class from a New Testament scholar. And I was like that dude, I definitely don't want to take a class from that dude because a New Testament scholar. So you base all of your knowledge off of the New Testament. When the word of God, The Torah specifically tells us, base all your studies off of me, the word of God, and see if that's right. So you are an Old Testament scholar, and that will allow you to understand the New Testament. That's how you understand the New Testament is by understanding the old. That's how you do it. But if you're specifically a scholar on the new, you're going to twist and miss things because you don't truly understand We love to talk about the Bereans. Oh, they were more blessed than everyone else because they studied the word, it says. They studied the scriptures daily to see if it's true. The scriptures are the Old Testament. They studied the Torah to make sure that what Paul and Peter and all them dudes is up there preaching was true. That's what they studied to see if it's right. Yet when people come to you, you're studying the New Testament to see what is right. And again, there's nothing wrong with studying the New Testament. But there is something wrong if we're using the New Testament as our guideline because the New Testament is not the Word of God. The Word of God is your guideline. And you've elevated Paul to this Messiah status to where I quote the Messiah and say, the Messiah said, and you say, but Paul said. What? Are you kidding me? Are you seriously joking that you would put Paul's words over the Messiah's words and say, it means this because of what Paul said? Are you nuts? You are leading yourself astray, Christians. You're leading yourself down a path of destruction because you've gotten away from the root of your faith, which is the word of God. John said in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He continues into verse 14 and said, and the word was made flesh. It says in the beginning was the word. Now, a lot of people understand that to be Jesus or Yeshua, right? That he was the word because he was made flesh, right? And he was from the beginning. Yet when he came on the scene, Yeshua came on the scene, we say, oh, something changed. Something's different. And Paul knows what that difference is. So we have to follow Paul's writings so that we know what this new thing is. But John says, Yohanan, let's give him his Hebrew name. Let's stop taking, you know, I'm not going to be a part of removing Hebrewisms from the Bible. I want to be a part of getting them back in. The guy's name is not John. That's them trying to take away Hebrew roots so you stop looking at the Jews. That's what their intent was. Look at the people who put your Bible together. Look at the people who translated it. They wanted to specifically distance themselves from the religion of the Jews because they wanted to be their own thing. They didn't want to be confused. And as a matter of fact, most of them were anti-Semites. That's why they came up with names like John. Instead of, like, I always wondered, like, why don't we just use real names? I I always wondered that, even as a kid. I remember, like, you know, finding out Peter's name is Cephas and be like, then why do we call him Peter? Well, because Peter means rock in Greek and Cephas means rock in Hebrew. Right, so that's like, oh, uh, okay, I guess as a kid, but I was like, but that's not the man's name. Like, that'd be weird if you said, if I said, my name's Jason, and you started calling me Rick. I'd be like, why are you calling me Rick? You know, I don't, it's not my name. And say, oh, that's how I translate it. What are you talking about? The dude's name is Yohanan. So, anyway, Yohanan, he told us that the word was from the beginning. So, if it was from the beginning, that means when he became flesh, there was nothing new. It was already done from the beginning. Revelation goes as far as to say it was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, it says. So if he was slain from the foundation of the world, that means the change happened at the beginning of the world. It happened before the world began. That's when the Messiah and his power and this covenant was initiated. Not at his death, not at all. It was from the beginning. And then it was just made flesh. That's that's the only difference. It just came down and was made flesh. And it actually physically happened in the physical realm instead of just in the heavenlies. But we think that this thing was new when he came and that Paul has the insight on the newness. But Yohanan tells us it's not new. It's from the beginning. So what changed? What's different? The answer is there's nothing different. There's nothing different. Just as the word of God applied to the Israelites and the Hebrews who crossed beyond the Red Sea over to Mount Sinai and received the tablets, it also applies to me. Because it was the same for them as it is for me, because it was the same from the beginning of the world. But Paul said, it's serious. It's a serious problem. It's, it's It's a big problem that we try to cover up the truth because we don't want to have to do certain things or we think certain things shouldn't apply to us. Some people are just misled. You've just been told your whole life that it's ingrained. And I know I'm one of these people. I I, I used to, I remember getting in a debate with somebody about how I'm still, I'm allowed to eat pork. I, I remember, and it was a friendly, friendly discussion. Um, but I remember telling him, I know why I'm allowed to do it, but when I read the verses for myself, you see, I saw like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not what it says at all. But I was told so much that that's what it says, that you begin to believe it. You see, you've been told so much, Paul is scripture, Paul is Bible, Paul is the word of God, that you just think your whole Bible is the word of God. That's what you think. But that is a Western view. And 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 it, in college, they teach it as eisegesis. That's that's the word. So there's exegesis, which is good, and looking at things from their point of view. And then there's eisegesis, which is putting in your own thought into a thing, right? And that's what we do. We put our own thoughts into the Bible and we say the word of God refers to the whole Bible. But that's not true. It's literally not true. Look up and do your own study on what the word of God means. The word of God will either point to Yahshua or it'll point to the Torah. That's the only places that it points. So when we say things like the word of God is your guide, the word of God is the the lamp of your feet, that we must follow the word of God. The word of God is a sword that protects us in battle. It's referring to the Torah, but you're adding in Paul as if he is equal to God, as if his scriptures are equal. And we've put this 66 books of the Bible thing together together And it's a man-made ordinance. It's a man-made book. And I get what they were trying to do. Don't don't misquote me because I know people are going to get mad. Don't misquote me. I have the same 66 books of the Bible. I do sometimes read other things, you know, because it helps give insight on how uh, you want to know what rabbis thought. Read Enoch. You want to know what, you know, read Jasher. There's different books that you can read to get insight on what the people thought. Read the Maccabees the historical count of what we call the silent years, the 500 silent years in our Bible where there's this big jump between old and new. Well, if you read the book of Maccabees, it, it fills in some of those gaps as to what happened, right? And I, I, and people say, well, those aren't scripture. Those aren't canon. Well, what the heck is a canon? I thought it was something that shot, you know, balls of metal off the side of a ship. Well, this canon, Where in the Bible does it ever say, here's canon and here's not canon? It doesn't. It says, here's the word of God. And then a bunch of prophets came and said, here's what God said about the word of God and what God said about your current situation. And then the Messiah came and then we have the gospels, which is a historical account of our Messiah. And then we have letters to Paul, which are insight on the way forward. But everything that is rooted in all of our scriptures must be rooted and based off the word of God, which is the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. If you don't apply it from that perspective, then you are doing it in the wrong direction. And that's why we have so many, um, false claims. That's why we have so many false teachings. That's why you continue to say things like, it's okay for me to eat pork or I'm not under the law which means I don't have to keep the law. Nowhere in the New Testament does it say you don't have to keep the commandments. I challenge you. Go ahead. Find anywhere in the New Testament where it says you no longer have to keep the commandments. You can't. You can find things that say we're not under the law. That doesn't mean we don't have to keep it just because we're not under it. Right? I'm not under the law of uh, that applies to farmers in my state. I'm not under the law of farming because I'm not a farmer. But if I became a farmer, that law would still apply to me, right? Because now I have to follow those laws. And just because I'm not a farmer doesn't mean that those laws just don't apply anymore to the rest of the world. It still applies to anyone who gets involved in it. And it's the same with the word of God. Once you become grafted in, once you become a part of the children of God, the word of God was given to the children of God as guidelines on how to live your life. So if the word of God was given to guide the children of God, and the word of God refers to the Torah, then that's what we need to use to guide our lives. It's not the other way around. It's not look at the rest of the letters and use that to interpret the Torah, because the Torah is the root, it's the base. And it says that there's certain things you got to do. There's Sabbaths you have to keep. There's festivals you have to keep. There's a way to live your life. And you weren't under the law because you weren't a farmer. You weren't an Israelite. You were a sinner. You were a Gentile. You were a part of the nations of the world that was not a part of the nation of God. But once you accepted the Savior, once you said, Yeshua, you know what? That's the dude. That's my guy. Then you became a part of the house of Israel. And now that word... That law, that teaching applies to you. It applies to you now because now you're under that rule because now you're a farmer now. You're one of us. So now there's certain rules that we follow. That's why there was a, you know, people like the Council of Jerusalem in in Acts 15. They love to talk about it and show how it points against the word of God, but it doesn't at all. As a matter of fact, that's them actually saying, and if you read it, it actually says, we're going to teach them how to follow the law during the Sabbaths. That's what it That's what it says they're going to do. Because, And I know that because I looked at the Torah first. So when Paul says, or Peter says, who, who is it? Whichever one. And he says, hey, let's tell them to stay away from things strangled, let's stay away from fornication, all those things. I know that those are Torah references because I've read the Torah. So you don't know that. You just think, oh, these are the only laws that apply to me because they're the only ones that were mentioned in the New Testament. But that's not the case. When you look at what he's truly saying, he's saying, hey, let's start with the basics. Here's some basics that are going to make them not get themselves into trouble. And then you're going to teach them once you get in the synagogues. And then they're going to learn the rest of the law. They're going to learn the rest of the Word of God. That's what it was actually about. It was people trying to figure out how to get these Gentiles into the word of God successfully so that they could follow the Torah. And And the, the, the Jews and the Pharisees at the time, they didn't understand it. They were like, yo, you can't sit with us because you're not circumcised. And yeah, you're keeping all these other laws, but you're not circumcised. So we don't think that you can come around here. And they were trying to force people away, not not, not force them to follow They weren't saying, we're forcing you to get circumcised. They were actually saying, because you're not circumcised, we're forcing you away from us. We don't want you to be a part of us. And that's the insight Paul was given. Here, now, and Peter was given it too. That's what his dream was about. It wasn't about no food. The dream of the the unclean animals coming down, that wasn't about food. That's in Acts 10. Well, they repeat the dream in Acts 11... And Cornelius gives us the definition and says it means that praise be to God because the Gentiles can be preached to. That's the definition. So that is what these letters are actually referring to. They're referring to, hey, now that we have these Gentiles coming in, here's how to deal with that. Here's how to deal with that influx. Here's how we're, here's the go ahead. Let's start with some basics of Torah and then eventually they'll learn how to follow the whole thing. That's what Paul was talking about. Yet we'll look at what Paul said and we'll twist it. And then say that means we don't have to follow the word of god when the word of god is the root of everything it's distinguished different from the prophets it's distinguished different than revelations and it's different than the letters that paul wrote go ahead and 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 go ahead and talk to peter once we get up uh to the resurrection and we're taken into the wilderness tap on peter's shoulder and say hey peter Hey, Paul, tap on one of their shoulders and say, I followed your teachings as if it was the word of God. And watch that dude punch you right in your mouth. They're going to freak out if they find out that we took a letter they wrote and made it equal to the Torah. They're not going to like that because you're looking at it from a Western perspective. You're looking at it as if things changed. When Yohanan tells us that it wasn't changed, it was from the beginning, This was from the beginning. This was always established. This was always the way it was supposed to be. It's not new, but yet you think it's something new. So you think you need Paul to be your Messiah and to guide you into this newness. But he is not your Messiah. Your Messiah lived every step of his life according to the word of God. He said in in Luke 4 and 4, you shall not live off bread alone, but off of what? Every word of Elohim. He's saying that you should live your life according to the Torah of God. That's what we live by. Don't think that that word of God refers to the whole Bible because that didn't even exist. A Hebrew person, when they hear the word of God, they know that it's only talking about the Torah. It's not even talking about the whole Tanakh. Now, scripture, the word scripture and how that's used might be referring to the whole Old Testament. But the word of God specifically refers to the word of God, which was the words spoken from the mountain, which is the Torah. Yahshua is saying you live off of every word of the Torah. But Paul said, y'all got it straight up twisted. Paul is not the Messiah. Paul does not have the new insight for a new covenant. Paul simply had the insight on what to do with the nations, that is the Gentiles, that are now coming in because of belief. What do we do with them? That's the insight he was given. That's the way forward on how we incorporate the rest of the world into our practices, into the way we live our lives. We live our lives according to the Torah. And if you don't think Paul did, then watch his response when they said, you don't teach the law, how he took a vow in Acts to prove that he's still under the law. I mean, I did an episode earlier about Stephen and the false accusations. As a matter of fact, they could have killed you just for speaking against the law. That's punishable by death. That's, that's what they lied about to get Stephen. So if Paul also preached against the word, they could have just killed him. They had every right, according to their governance, to kill him. But he didn't preach against the word of God, so they couldn't kill him. They couldn't find anything against him. But if he did, it's just simple. They could have just, this guy spoke against the word of God. I mean, that's what they did to Yahshua. They said he spoke against the word. Kill him. And it was told to be false. That's what they said to Stephan. He spoke against the word of God. That gave them justification to kill that boy Stephen, the first martyr. That's what they gave him permission to do. was speaking against the word of God. Yet we say Paul spoke against it. Paul said, you don't have to do it. Peter said, you don't have to do it. They would have just been killed but you're looking at it from a Western point of view where you think it's different. You think it's changed because you were told it's changed because they want you to think it's changed. Because the devil says, you already believe, I've already lost you. But if I can twist it, if I can get in and and destroy the Hebrew roots and have you calling people John and Jesus, if I can get in and remove the truth and twist it, then although you are saved, I'm still going to get you because you're not going to be following the word of God. That's his plan. The devil's not selling crack. The devil's not pushing prostitutes. The devil doesn't beat his wife. That's us. We do that. We do that because we're sinners. Because we don't follow the word of God. That's why we do those things. What the devil is actually doing is in religious organizations preaching. He's a, he's a pastor. Right? He's a pope. He's, he's a mentor in the church. That's what the devil's doing. Because he's trying to twist your mind. And I know people heard me say Pope and they they freaked out. And I and I'm not gonna talk about current ones or anything, but if you look at the past, how popes specifically set their people out to destroy Hebrewisms, then you then you'll know that that, that is of a spirit of Antichrist. That they shouldn't have been persecuting the Jews. They shouldn't have been trying to get all the Inquisition stuff. That was all bad juju, man. That was all that was no good. And God is gonna judge them greatly. So don't get it twisted. Like I'm, you know, people love to think that I hate all Catholics. So it's not not the case. I just look at the truth and I look at history and I see what it says. And it says that the devil got into our religion so that he could keep us from doing the truth, which is following the Torah. Yeshua straight up said, live off of every word. We don't live off bread, but every word of God. That's what we live off of. And in his mind, a Hebrew man of the tribe of of Judah, Yahshua, the Mashiach, he said, we live off the word of God. The word of God, from his perspective, is always the Torah. It don't refer to nothing else. It don't refer to a letter of Paul. None of that. And as a matter of fact, you know it doesn't because none of that existed when he said it. So when he says we live off of every word of God, we will live off of, and and even if you want to, let's let's say you don't believe me. And you don't think that the Word of God only references the Torah. Let's just say you're not going to do the research. You're not going to read it for yourself. You're just going to say, this guy's crazy. I don't believe him. The Word of God refers to everything. Well, let's look at Luke 4 and 4. At that time, did the New Testament exist? No. So that can't be what he's talking about. So let's say he was referring to the whole Old Testament. Well, all the prophets, they all say return to the Word of God. That's what they say. That's what... Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, look at all of them. Malachi, they were all telling people to return to the law or the teachings of God. And then the Torah tells you to follow it as well and then gives you guidelines on how to live your life. So the first half of all of your 66 books, the first half of your Bible, if that is the word of God, all tells you to return to the word of God. That's what it wants you to do. That's what it says to do. So if we're supposed to live off of every word of God, then it tells us that it's a bunch of... And you think it encompasses the whole Old Testament. Then it's a bunch of prophets telling us to return to the word of God or the word of God itself telling us this is how you're going to live your life. But oh, no, no, no. That doesn't apply to you because Paul said the word of God is the word of God, folks. It's what he spoke. And when that happened, it happened on a mountaintop with Moses Oh, and Johanan and gives us some insight when he says, oh, and by the way, this, this was from the beginning. And it just became flesh. It was from the foundation, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was always this way. There's nothing new when he came on the scene because he was always on the scene because it was in the beginning was the word. So the... Torah, the word, the instructions of God, Jesus was the manifestation of the Torah. This is how to live your life. This is Torah. He came down and did exactly what it said to do. That's why he was the word of God. Because he lived every step of his life according to the Torah of God. It says he he was born under the law. That's what Yeshua was born. And he had to fulfill every bit of the law. Because if he took one misstep and did one thing that the Torah told him not to do, he would have become a sinner. That's why Yohanan tells us in in, in 1 John, that's why he tells us the transgression of the law is sin. Because if our Savior did anything wrong, he couldn't have been the Mashiach. And yet we're supposed to live our life according to him. He said, I live off of every word of God, meaning I live my life according to the Torah. I am the Torah made flesh. But yet you think the Torah just doesn't apply because he came? If the word of God was from the beginning, the word of God is the Torah, and then the Torah became flesh, and you say the Torah doesn't apply, that means you're saying Yeshua doesn't apply to you. Yeshua didn't eat pork, y'all. He didn't eat shellfish. Yeshua practiced the Sabbath. Yeshua, look at, find him in the Gospels. Find him. He is at the feasts celebrating. How do you think the Pharisees always know where he was? How did they go and get him? He didn't live in Jerusalem. Yet all the time we see him in Jerusalem where these head officials live, because that's like their little capital or whatever, right? Where the temple is. Why is he all of a sudden walking around in Jerusalem? He was there for the feasts. He was there for the pilgrimage feasts. He lived his life according to that. And you say that that doesn't apply to you? But when Yeshua spoke, he said, every word applies to me. You're rejecting the Messiah when you reject Torah because he is the word of God made flesh. That's what we're told. And you reject it and you spit in his face and you tell him, I don't have to do those things that you thought were important because Paul said. Listen here, y'all. Paul is not the Messiah. The 66 books of the canon were built by men with agendas. I'm not saying throw out your Bible. I'm not saying we should not listen to Paul. I'm not saying he's a false prophet. What I'm saying is you need to know what the word of God is. And the word of God, from a biblical Hebrew perspective, is always the Torah. Or we find out when Yeshua comes on that it's him, that it's him in flesh, that he is the walking word of God. He's not the walking Bible. He's not the walking book of Ephesians. He's not the walking book of Galatians. He's the walking Torah. That's the perspective that we have to look at it. And you have to take the new stuff and compare it to the old stuff, or you're going to get a false interpretation. You can't take the you can't take the old stuff and say, well, let me look at what Paul said and, and then and then come up with interpretations from that. You have to start with the old, and then look at what Paul said. Then it becomes clear to you. When Paul says, let no one judge you in feast, then it becomes clear because everyone says, Paul said, let no one judge you in feast, so I don't have to keep it. But what Paul was saying is, let no one judge you because you keep the feasts. Because they point to your Messiah. That's what he told them in Colossians. Let no one judge you because you keep the feasts. Not because you don't keep the feasts. Because when you look at the Pharisees, they were trying to keep people from keeping the Passover because they were uncircumcised. They weren't forcing people to keep the Passover. But you see it the wrong way because you started with the new and compared that to the old instead of starting with the old and comparing that to the new. You draw these fallacious conclusions because you're looking at it from the wrong way. I grew up reading the New Testament all the time. Almost all the Bible studies I went to had New Testament. My church always did New Testament teachings. And when they use Old Testament, it's usually to allegorize, right? It's to say, okay, well, Samson lived his life this way. So according to that, we can draw a couple principles on how to live our lives. And we use it to build these principles that just match our own sensibilities, right? Well, we love to speak against abortion and use all the Old Testament to speak against abortion. But when it says you don't have to or you can't eat pork, we say, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Well, you just used it. You just use the word of God when it said don't sacrifice the Molech as proof of, of against abortion but why doesn't the rest apply why does only part of it apply and then we come up with all these weird theories about moral ceremonial and all these weird things that you cannot find anywhere in scripture there's nowhere where the word of god is separated between moral physical ceremonial it doesn't exist it's a man-made construct the word of god exclusively refers to the torah of god scriptures refers to the old testament so anytime paul peter Yeshua says, listen to the word of God or follow the scriptures or use the scriptures. It's all talking about the old. The Bereans didn't have a New Testament to test everything off of. They only had the old. So if Peter said, I had a dream about unclean foods, that means we can eat unclean foods. The Bereans would have read the old, they would have read the Torah. They would have read the word of God. And they would have looked through it and said, okay, it says don't eat pork. So that's wrong. Well, did any of the prophets prophesy that that would change? And they searched the scriptures to find it. You cannot find anywhere in the scriptures where it says when the Messiah comes, you will no longer have to keep this law. You cannot find it because it's not in there. But we love to rest on Paul's writings as if he is the word of God. He is not people. He's not the word of God. He's basically commentary on on the way ahead now that Gentiles are starting to come in because beforehand it was all Israel, Right? And if you wanted to join israel because people did i mean look at rahab right and jericho she joined them right you look at um ruth she came over and joined them decided to join them but it was just simply understood according to that that time the before the messiah came that if you join us you just have to keep our traditions and if you read the torah there's provisions on what to do it calls them the foreigner or the alien or whatever translation you have it says basically they can come and live with me and serve me but they got to keep my commands it was understood and what they did is they would baptize the people they would wash them and it was a symbolizing them coming into the covenant of israel that's why when john the baptist came on the scene and started baptizing people it was such a shock to everybody because he was bringing them into a covenant and everyone was like what do you why are you bringing people into a covenant we're already under a covenant But it was because God was renewing it because he had divorced them, you remember. So he needed to wash the people clean and bring them back into, now that they're clean, you can come back into the marriage chamber and be my bride again. And that was how the Hebrews understood it during their time. They understood that if you want to be one of us, you've got to keep the Torah. You have to, or you can't be one of us. And that is the same understanding that continues into the New Testament writings. You can be a part of us, but you still got to keep our commandments. That's why the Pharisees were so mad that they were uncircumcised. You wonder why they didn't say the Gentiles don't keep the law, and that's why they can't come, and they argued about them not keeping the law. The reason they didn't say that is because they were keeping the law. The only thing they didn't do was get circumcised. That was that was it, because that happens when you're a baby. That happens on the eighth day, of after eight days after childbirth. That's when that happens. So a grown man who converts is not like, oh, I've converted. Now let me go, you know, cut parts of my body. They, 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 their, their mindset wasn't there. They were just trying to follow the word of God, and it was that uncircumcision that became an issue because it was the only thing they weren't doing. If they weren't doing other things, then the Pharisees would have had more complaints. They would have talked about circumcision. They don't keep the feast. They eat uh, unclean f- foods. They would have had a bunch of a list of a bunch of things to complain about. But they only complained about one thing because that's the one thing that they weren't doing. Because the Pharisees understood that, sure, you can believe in the Messiah, which grafts you in and be a part of me, but you got to keep my feast so you can't be with us. That's what Paul and Peter were clearing up. They were clearing up. They can be with us because we're going to teach them how to get it right. That's what they were trying to clear up. Not that they were saying, we're just done away with. And how do I know that the word wasn't done away with? Because Yahshua said that... Heaven and earth will pass away before one jot or tittle falls from this word. That's what Yahshua said. You think that it changed because of what Paul said, but Paul is not my Messiah. See, my Messiah said it didn't pass away. My Messiah said, if you want to live your life, you have to do it based off the Torah. You have to do it based off of every word of God. That means every single thing he said in the Torah, you have to do to a T. That's how to live your life. That's what the Messiah said. And you say that interpretation is wrong because of what Paul said? How about... Your interpretation of Paul is wrong because of what the Messiah said. But Paul is your Messiah. Because long, long ago, we decided that Peter and Paul were these great, great people. And we put statues of them on top of these giant buildings. Some of the most beautiful buildings I've ever seen. St. Peter's Basilica. Oh, geez, man, that building is amazing. But why isn't it Yahshua's Basilica? Why isn't it? Elohim's temple because Peter's your God Paul is your Messiah you look to them as if they're the ones that you should worship and they're the ones that you should follow but if any of those men found out that you held their, their word if Peter found out there was a statue to him he would lose his mind if you told Paul I hold your teachings equal to the word of God he'd slap you across your mouth You see, we idolize these men too much. Now, again, I understand their place in all of this. And I look up to them as mentors and as teachers. And I have learned so much from Paul and Peter and their insight. But I don't live off of the words of Paul and Peter. I live off of every word of Yahuwah, which is the Torah, which is Yahshua. He is the Torah made flesh. The Word of God made flesh. That's what he is. And you say the Word of God made flesh means that Ephesians counts and Colossians counts and and Romans and Acts counts. It doesn't count. That's not it. (laughs) When John 1 and 1 was written, in the beginning was the Word. None of those letters existed. Maybe like one or two. You know, depending on when you think John's Gospels was written. Maybe like one or two letters was Was around and people can debate that all day, but but when you have to look at it from from Yohanan's perspective, from the Hebrew perspective, how he viewed it, not how we view it, but how he viewed it. He viewed the Word of God as the Torah of God, and he said that the Torah became flesh, and then the Torah, when it spoke and said, "You must live off of me, off of every word of God," that means every word, not only those that apply. You see, we would he didn't say, but we live off of the moral laws of God or the ceremonial laws of God. He said every, every means every single word that is in the Torah applies to your life. You have to live your life according to this. That's what the Messiah said. And you have to take that and base that off of what Paul said. And it will become more clear to you if you read your Bible. And if you look at it from their point of view, the word of God refers to the Torah. You take that little bit of knowledge and reread your Bible. And it's going to bring light to you. And it's going to bring light to you. It says, thy word is a lamp to my feet and the light to my path. Well, when you look at the word, word, that actually says Torah. Thy Torah is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's what the Bible says. I don't care what you think Paul said. The Bible says that the Torah is your guide. Now go and reread everything, understanding that the word of God only refers to the Torah, and then, and then get back to me. Let me know what you've discovered. Let me know what you see as different. Let me know what you see changed, knowing that the Torah is the word of God. And that anytime you see law or nomos, as it, as they translated it into Greek from the, from the Hebrew Torah, They translated it to nomos, which we call law. Anytime you see that, that is also referring to the Torah. So when it says we're not under the Torah, right? That means we're not saved by the Torah. But shall we violate the Torah because we are under grace? God forbid. That's what Paul said. He wanted to clarify because he knew you were going to mess it up. So he clarified. He said, do not violate this Torah just because you're under grace. Don't get me twisted. That's what Paul said. But you say, oh, that means I don't have to keep it. Because you want Paul to be your Messiah. You want him to lead you into the new covenant. Well, good luck. Because when the day of judgment comes, Paul's going to be like, don't look at me. (laughs) Paul's going to be like, you did what? Oh, yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't blame me for this. Messiah, you got it. Right? Don't blame me that you didn't keep the law because you don't know how to read the scripture. Every time they ask... Jesus was questioned or they brought anything to him, he always says, have you not read? (laughs) And every time he says, have you not read, he's referring to the Old Testament. He used that as his guide and he used that to correct people who came at him wrong. That's exactly what Paul and Peter did as well. That's why Paul tells Timothy, use the Torah as your guide, right? That's why the Bereans studied the Torah to make sure that what Peter and Paul were teaching was correct. And we love to say how great they were because they studied the word of God. Yet we'll just sit there and read Ephesians all day, all day and become, I'm a scholar on the book of Ephesians. I'm a New Testament scholar. And it says we don't have to keep the law. No, it doesn't. It doesn't say that at all. It says the law doesn't save you, but you've twisted it because you're looking at it from a wrong perspective. Torah is the word of God. Nomos law is the word of God. Yahshua said, I must live off of every word found in the Torah. I don't care what nobody else said. I don't care what Paul said. My Messiah. It said, my sheep hear my voice and they come running to me. Well, our shepherd said, every word of the Torah is how to live our life. If you are his servant, then you will hear his voice and you will heed to that. If you are not his servant, then you will be misled and you will look at other people's writings and hold it higher than you hold the word of God. We hold Paul's writings higher than we hold the Torah because we don't do everything that the Torah tells us to do because we think it doesn't apply because of a misinterpretation of how it works because we're looking at it from a wrong perspective. Reread your Bibles. Know that word of God refers to Torah and that nomos law refers to Torah and that from a Hebrew perspective, all the Pharisees knew that it was expected of Gentile converts to completely adhere to the law and look at your Bibles from that perspective and tell me how it changes. Like I said, I'm not going to read your Bibles for you. You guys have to study it yourself. And that's what it means. It means we must live off of every word of God. We must live according to the Torah, which is to follow the Mashiach, to give my life to the Messiah so that he can be the lamb slain from the beginning of the world and be my blood covering And that I must continue to serve and live off of every word because that's what he said. We must continue to live off every word because that's what he told us to do. You can come up with anything else you want. That's what we're required to do is live according to the Torah of God. Because that's what Yahshua said. He said the Torah will not pass away till heaven and earth pass away. Yet we think the not eating pork doesn't apply. doesn't apply to me. Well, then it passed away, right? If it doesn't apply, it's no longer valid. And if it's no longer valid, then it's done with. And if it's done, then it passed away. He said it won't pass away. You guys have got it twisted because you're looking at it from a wrong point of view. Reread your Bibles. Reread it from a Hebrew point of view and get back to me at the art being on Facebook or at the real art being on. On Twitter. You can also email us at theartofbeing at gmail.com. But in the word being, it's a three for the E. That's the art of the letter B, the number three, I-N-G, at gmail.com. Please reread your Bible and email me and let, let me know what you think. Leave some comments, likes, and shares, or whatever, and just say, hey, what do you guys think about this? That the Word of God only refers to the Torah, and what conclusions can we draw from it? Am I right? Am I wrong? You let me know, I love you, and I'm not trying to berate you or mislead you or make you feel bad or put down your religion because I was once like you, walking according to Western thought and Western processes, and I thought that the Word of God referred to the 66 books. But that's not the case when you look at it from their point of view. When their point of view, the 66 books didn't even exist. It was compiled later by different people. And I'm thankful that they compiled and translated it to English so that I can read it. But the truth is, that's not what it is. We are to live according to the Torah. That teaches us how to follow the Messiah. It's what the Messiah wanted. And he said it does not pass away. And we live off of every word of it. I hope that that helped. I hope that that cleared some stuff up. I love you guys. And I look forward to you reaching out. And I guess we'll see you the next time. Love you guys. Bye.